Hey everybody, my name's Kenny and I want to take a quick opportunity to welcome you back for another River City Waves podcast where we're having conversations about navigating some of life's most important questions and this week is no exception. Really excited about the content that we're about to share with you. Pastor Robbie got to sit with Tim Enloe, who as you'll hear has been a guest at a conference that we're hosting at the time of the filming here and it's all about the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Lives. This is a topic that can be really mystical, can be off-putting for some, uh, especially if you've been raised in the church and you've heard some questionable explanations about the power of the Holy Spirit. But I assure you, you are going to really enjoy this content. Our prayer is that it's really enlightening for you and that it's impactful for you and that you walk away better understanding who God is and who he wants to be in each of our lives. So without any further ado, let's join Pastor Robbie and Tim now. Well, hey, everybody. I am so happy to be able to bring to you here on this River City Waves podcast uh, an interview with my, my friend here, Tim Inlow. Uh, Tim and Rochelle Inlow, they've, they've traveled the country and, and the world uh, teaching about the person and work of the Holy Spirit and, and have been so effective at leading so many people into the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit. Tim, just thanks so much for Thank being you. here today. And, uh, of course, at the time of this recording, uh, Tim is in the middle of a weekend with us where he is, uh, he's, he's ministering in, in four different occasions. But uh, just, just so glad that we can get this time because, Tim, you, you just have some, you, you have some unusual, some unusually simple ways of explaining things that for a lot of people like, seem, uh, seem kind of complicated or intimidating. And uh, before we get into that, can you, just, can you just tell us a little bit about your family? Yeah, sure. So uh, Rochelle and I have been married for 30 years, and we have three adult sons. Two of them are married and are pastors, and our youngest one is in his senior year at college studying music. And uh, so that's, that's our crew. We raised them on the road traveling with us for the last 30 years in ministry. Oh, that's They awesome. kind of came along. You know, Rochelle and I started in a Volkswagen van. Yeah. And, uh, you know, started adding kids. So, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and and what do you, because you, you've traveled so much and you've been based in Kansas, but you're from Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. So do you have, what 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 sports teams do you, tr- do you follow? Well, you know, I'm a Christian. And so <laughs> I'm an Eagles fan on football. <laughs> um, okay. I used to be... From my childhood, I was a Lakers fan for basketball until LeBron went there, and then I decided to just go to Clippers. So that's kind of... Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I used to be a Phillies fan, but I gave up baseball like 20 years ago because it's too much of a commitment, you know, too many games, too much time, (laughs) so I stopped caring. I I understand that. And that, you know, the Eagles, uh, there was a game with the Patriots a few years ago that I seemed to... Didn't they... Didn't they overcome? I think they pretty, did. Yeah, pretty yeah, significant. Yeah. And yeah. I was a patriot. I, 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 I mean, I was an Eagles fan that day. Yeah. Well, pretty much the whole world was, except for people around Boston. You know, um, <laughs> that were fans of uh, Bill Belichick. I mean, check. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. But yeah, it's rough living in Kansas this last year. Um, we've been there 25 years, but this last year, the Super Bowl with the Chiefs. You know, it was really rough because all my sons are Chiefs fans because I I thought I'd raised them better, but apparently not. So, <laughs> yeah, it's really rough. But well, actually, this week, the week we're recording the podcast, um, this tomorrow is the Eagles-Chiefs game. So it's going to be real interesting all right. at Arrowhead. So 
If you'd all just join hands in prayer with me, we're going to believe God for victory tomorrow. <laughs> well, and right now it's particularly easy time as, as there are young men, easy time to be a Chiefs fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Well, listen, I... I That's uh, what we're talking about, right? This is a sports yeah, podcast. Yeah, we're, we're okay, here on a sports right, podcast. Yeah. Why not? No. <laughs> uh, hey, no, you... you, um, you, you You've been in a lot of contexts where you've been talking about the Holy Spirit. You talked to a lot, a lot of people over the course of your life and ministry about the Holy Spirit. What What do you think is is something that um, makes this makes this subject something that maybe people get tripped up on a lot? Well, you know, when you think of the being of God. Um, we know as Christians we worship one God, right? Mm-hmm. The eternal God of the Bible, creator God. Um, Yahweh is his name from the Hebrew text. And so sometimes mispronounces Jehovah because we misunderstood vowel pronunciation a couple hundred years ago or vowel replacements, but Yahweh. And so we know our God is one God. We worship one God. But then there's this secondary fact in how God is comprised and we see this throughout the scriptures. As a matter of fact, verse 2 of the Bible equates the Holy Spirit as being God's spirit. So all of a sudden we go, wait a minute. So we have God, but he has a spirit, so to speak. And then we find out, you know, within the third chapter of the Bible that, um, you know, the seed of the woman, which is a really, you know, interesting kind of thing that kind of in Hebrew throughout kind of brings you through and then even into the Proverbs and then throughout the minor prophets, major prophets, all of a sudden you realize God has a son. And so by the time the New Testament comes, um, we have this concept of though, even though God is one being, within his one being are the three distinct persons of the Godhead or Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, mm-hmm. God the Holy Spirit. And so, um, you know, for some people, they can't they're too categorical, and it's three gods to them, which is not biblical. God is one being, but within his one being are those three distinct persons. Well, we identify with Father because, hey, good, bad, present, absent, we've all had a dad, you know, we understand that. And we kind of have this imagery. Um, the Bible gives us imagery of a throne in heaven and the one sitting on the throne, and we kind of equate that with the you know, the dad recliner, you mm-hmm. know, and the remote control on the armrest, and we kind of figure that out. And then when we think of the person of Jesus, the eternal son, uh, you know, we identify with him because he became flesh and dwelt among us. I mean, he, every, every one of us, we identify with him in that way, and it's designed to be that way. But when it comes to the Holy Spirit, um, and then even worse in English, several hundred years ago, one of the translations um, kind of violated the Greek word that's there, and they use the word ghost interchangeably with spirit, which is not at all what it is. I mean, the word ghost is used in the New Testament in a negative way, like when Jesus came walking on the water and the disciples were scared because they thought it was a ghost, a phantasma, disembodied spirit. Um, but these are um, the same words in, in Dutch, though. Geist, do they really? Geist is spirit. Okay. Yeah. So, but, you know, that carries this baggage of, of you know, well, he doesn't have a physical body, Um and, you know, holy meaning perfect. I mean, we don't really identify with that. And so it creates all sorts of barriers for us because we're very tangible, sensory people. And so then you hear everybody kind of, you know, using the Holy Spirit as a trash can for, oh, the Holy Spirit told me I needed to, you know, run around the city screaming in tongues and, you know, and spraying the streets with garden sprayers full of anointing oil and, you know, all this weirdness or, you know, and, and so it becomes this vague, as Gordon Fee says, this gray, fuzzy orb, you know, it's like, there doesn't seem to have definition to us. And then you add in all the types and symbols of the Holy Spirit. So he's, 
He's a dove. Well, I mean, one time he took on bodily form. Well, he's a fire. Well, he's water. Well, he's, you know, oil. I mean, you mix the dove fire and oil thing and you got the makings of a fried chicken dinner. I mean, it can become very confusing (laughs) for people. But the good news is Jesus put the guardrails up to help us to understand the ministry of the Spirit in John 14 to 16. We'll actually talk about that on Sunday morning. Um, about how we understand who the Holy Spirit is through the words of Jesus, not the words of other people. Yeah, yeah, and you you'll be able to catch uh, Tim's messages if if you didn't if you weren't here for that you'll be able to catch that uh, by looking at our at our church's uh, Facebook page. You'll be able to see the services that came from that weekend, November seventeenth to nineteenth. So you know you mentioned speaking in tongues, and of course that's that's something that is. Uh, it, it kind of divides a lot of Christians. Christians understand this in, in various ways. Um, what what's what is the relationship to between speaking in tongues and the experience of the Holy Spirit? Yeah, sure. So you know, of all things that are attributed to the Holy Spirit in the Bible, the one that just messes with us is speaking in tongues, um, and it's actually. You know, the language, like for us, we say tongues and we think of it as like the tongue in our mouth, but it's just the word language, speaking in languages, and the connotation is uh, another of a different kind language. Paul would later on clarify it as the unknown tongue to the speaker. You know, so you're speaking in a language you don't know is kind of the biblical parameters mm-hmm. of it, but you're not doing it when you're drug-induced or when you're like, hmm, I'm going to make up pig Latin or, you know, that kind of a thing. It's you are speaking, trusting God, um, speaking the words that the Holy Spirit is prompting you to say. You're not out of control. You're simply following his promptings in that way. But, you know, nobody has a problem with... Uh, you know, the Holy Spirit's healing power or setting people free or miraculous provision or anything like that. But it's the speaking in tongues that really confounds the mind. Now, I gave a quote last night from one of my friends, Dr. Isaac Canales, and I think he more succinctly put it into language for us, that speaking in tongues is God's practical joke on the proud human intellect. And I just think that really captures the idea that you're trusting God enough to push away your intellectual concerns simply because you know the word, you know the presence of the Holy Spirit, and um, you're willing to do something that your brain maybe will be uncomfortable with. Mm. So, but the Bible always associates the phenomena of tongue speaking, whether it's someone privately praying in tongues, mm-hmm. which comes with spirit baptism, or whether it's you know the different gift that Paul says is not for everyone, the public gift of tongues with uh, interpretation that um, those are attributed to the working and moving of the Holy Spirit. And for us to be shut down to that is, biblically, I think it's untenable for us because that's like saying, okay, Lord, um, I view your work and ministry as a salad bar, and I'm going to make my salad out of the things I like rather than taking everything that uh, you have for me. And so it just kind of comes down to, honestly, it comes down to uh, do you want to be comfortable and safe, or do you want to be biblical? And, um, you know, the relationship of speaking in tongues with the Holy Spirit is that this is something the Holy Spirit does. And the Apostle Paul even says, don't forbid it. And he's talking there in a church context, but I would extend that to the individual. Don't forbid yourself to speak in tongues. It's, it's biblical. And we have the biblical mandate to not forbid it, if I can double negative, rather than to give us license to resist it. Yeah. And so 
and so, well, how, how would you describe, you know, if a person's person, because I've talked to a lot of people, you know, they say, you know, I, I've prayed and prayed and prayed for, mm. for years that this would happen. In fact, I remember a woman who was here uh, the first time you visited us in 2014. She, she had been attending here uh, over 30 years. Countless people had prayed for her to receive and to that she she really wanted to be able to pray in the spirit or speak in tongues and uh, finally she had that experience that night uh, back in 2014 the first night you 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 spoke and uh, you know she was like I, I don't know I don't know what's held this off so long and so what what do you think are the main barriers that keep people from entering into that experience. Well, I remember that particular case, and I, I remember specifically when I was praying with her, I noticed that all of her weight was shifted on her left foot, and I just instructed her just to shift her weight to her right, and that level of things. No, I'm being facetious. No, I mean, there, you know, it's there's really, you know, I don't have any empirical answer for that, but I will say that kind of historically in the Spirit-filled Church, Pentecostalism, Charismatic uh, Church, that we tend to associate more activity of the Holy Spirit with more electricity, more energy, more gymnastics, more volume, more tears, mm -hmm. more, more, more. And I found that um, a lot of people simply get overstimulated, and there's too much going on. And the Holy Spirit, biblically, He is prompting your spirit, your inner being, uh, where you sense and are aware of God. That is where He prompts you. That's where He gives you the utterance, the, the urging to speak in tongues. And I found that a lot of times if you can just get people to just kind of calm down and relax and maybe get to a quiet place, that when the ambient noise is reduced around them, that they go, oh, and they begin to speak in tongues. I've had this this thing so many times with long-term seekers were mm -hmm. um, frustrated, you know, what's wrong with me? Well, nothing, you know, if you're praying to the devil, eh, that's wrong. You know, you're praying to Jesus, nothing's wrong. There's never a wasted moment in seeking him. But um, talk with a frustrated seeker. They're like, I, I don't want to put myself out there again. I, you know, I don't want to get to that spot. I've been disappointed before. I'm like, disappointed? What in the world? But um, so we'll get to that spot where they'll pray, and you can tell the Holy Spirit's upon them. And the typical process is the person will pray, you know, Lord, I love you. Thank you, Jesus. Fill me with your Holy Spirit, whatever. And then when they sense the Holy Spirit falling upon them, it's invigorating. So their typical response is to raise their volume and raise the the uh, the acceleration of their words. Lord, I love you. Thank you. Feel me. And they end up getting in these verbal boot loops that are way up here in their brain. I am going to consciously keep English flowing like an auctioneer. Hmm. And and I'll, so many times I'll just gently and respectfully tap them on the shoulder and say, "Do you sense the Holy Spirit?" And they go, "Yeah." I go, "Well, why don't you just quiet down your voice for a minute and draw all of your attention to the presence of God that you feel?" And they will ninety nine times out of a hundred go, "Oh." And then they'll just start speaking in tongues mm. because they were so focused and preoccupied on an intellectual, I've got to keep the language, I've got to keep this thing going, whatever. And um, the Holy Spirit's nudging them inside. Uh, it's a very gentle thing. It's not, he doesn't make you speak in tongues. He urges you or gives you the prompting, gives you the utterance to do so. And I found that many times people are just to looking on the wrong shelf. Like you go to Lowe's, you wanna buy a new outlet, a replacement electrical outlet for your house. If you go in at eye level, you go into Lowe's or Home Depot and they have beautiful duplex outlets in a box with a cellophane window printed in four colors for $4.99. Mm. But if you look at your feet, the exact same things are loose in a box for 99 cents. The yeah. exact same thing. 
it, it just pays to know where to look. And it's the same way with the things of the spirit. We're not looking to our brain and our understanding. We're looking to the inner being, where you sense God, where you sense his presence. It's the same place. Words of knowledge flow, gifts of healing flow. Uh, it doesn't flow. If I just understand more, then I'll get it. You know, it's no, mm. you get in God's presence and focus where he is moving in your life. And that's where those things are. Yeah. You know, uh, when I was a, a teenager, I was, I was 13 years old. And uh, my family and I, we were new to a church where there was speaking in tongues. And and uh, my dad, he, he was very suspicious of this. He didn't understand it. He was a, he was a scientist. He's a very rational, analytical person. I remember uh, it was a Sunday morning, and, and uh, the music was playing and between songs. And my dad, he was continuing to want to sing the songs of the— uh, the words to the song we just got done mm-hmm. singing. And as he was singing there— he thought maybe he was having a stroke because he started, he, he was singing in another language. Yeah. <laughs> and my mother, she turned to him, she said, that's it. That's what they're talking about. Mm. And uh, this really did bring change to his life, yeah. his relationship with God, when he opened his, his, his mind up to the fact that God might be working on his life and on levels that he, he, he wasn't rationally in tune with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and that's beautiful because, you know, the the language of the spirit does have, so to speak, a musicality to it. Mm. Um, it's but it's not like that of Beethoven or Bach. It's more of like jazz improv. You know, it's the mm-hmm. it's the you know put your inner tube in the in the creek and let the current take you. More than I'm going to figure all this out and have a notarized FedEx from Jesus with footnotes. You know. It's, it's a different thing. There's a deeply trusting. And a lot of people find, especially people that are, um, you know, the accountant, engineer, you know, types, um, they find that a lot of times um, they'll pray for some time and then they'll wake up in the middle of the night speaking in tongues. Mm. Or they'll, someone will pull out in front of them and they'll slam their brakes on and, and they s- scream out and it's in tongues. You know, mm. it's like it kind of sneaks through their brain barrier in those moments or in musical moments. People experience that, you know, that typically would normally say, I'm going to let my brain govern all of this and figure everything first. So it is very, very interesting to hear that story. A lot of people experience spirit baptism when they're singing in the shower, getting ready and, you know, singing some worship song. And all of a sudden when they're just, you know, it's very almost unconscious is not the right word, but they're they're not really worried about performance because nobody else is there. You know, they're just kind of having their time with God and soaping their hair and singing some song about Jesus, and all of a sudden they notice, wait a minute, where did that come from? You yeah. know? And uh, it's not so much in an intentional place as it is in a trusting place that people find this. Yeah, yeah. And what, just, just one last question, you know, what, what would you say has been, um, has been, I don't know, uh, a really important insight that you've seen along the way that, that help people to move into a, a greater reliance on or awareness of or interaction with the Holy Spirit? Well, so the Holy Spirit being God's Spirit is everywhere all the time. Even David would say, where can I go from your spirit? You know, yeah. So he's everywhere all the time, and but we tend to only think he's there when we feel him, mm-hmm. uh, which is a presuppos- presuppositional idea. But, you know, like, oh, I'm the only Christian in my home 
I feel God's presence when I'm here at River City. And then I go home to this dark environment. I'm the only Christian in my class at school. I'm the only Christian in my work. And so we kind of have this idea when we feel him, he's there. But when we don't feel him, he's not there. And then we have this idea of come Holy Spirit, you're somewhere away, come, you know, here. But he's there. What we're really saying is let me become aware of your already present presence. And I think the more we become aware, we intentionally realize that he is with us all the time. And the more we interact with him and welcome him and welcome his wisdom and giftings, um, the more we experience him. So for example, I mean, this is dumb and don't do this, but this is just the way my weird brain works. I found that if I don't have some kind of auditing in my life, um, very important things don't get done. And so from when I first experienced the Holy Spirit at 12 years old, uh, shortly afterwards, um, you know, one of my weirdnesses is I wanted to have a scripture memorized for any time I look at the clock. You know, I wanted to have, you know, oh, it's, you know, 316 in the afternoon, John 316. You know, I wanted to have a memory. But one of the other weird things was whenever the, uh, and again, don't do this. This is insights into my weird psyche. But whenever the <laughs> clock turns straight up on the hour, um, it's been my practice since I was not 12, but probably 14. And I'm, I'm 15 now. But it's been all these years to stop and just quickly say, Holy Spirit, is there anything you need me to know, want me to say, you want me to do? And just kind of pause and wait. And I have found over the years, not all the time Mm. by any means, but so many times, just by intentionally stopping and asking, you can become aware of what he wants to do, what he wants you to say, where he wants, you know. Mm -hmm. And and that's kind of, for me, how kind of prophetic and words of knowledge and all that stuff began to spring out, just by intentionally putting a place in there where you stop and you go, okay. Because we... At least my presupposition was the Holy Spirit's only moving when he asserts himself, so to speak. Yeah. But I found, for me at least, that um, he's always there, and I typically i am not listening. Yeah. And so by putting in places where you listen, I found that to be very, very helpful for me. Okay. Oh, that's good. That's really good. So your website, timenlo.com, mm-hmm. or... They, that's a place where yeah, people can find Enlo with the E N L O E, no W in Enlo. Okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good. The Enlos that spell their name that way have they have problems. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so that's a place to find more resources. Yeah, there's all kinds of free resources there. And are there are there any other resources that you would point yeah. us to that you think have been good or, or particularly yeah, helpful? Yeah, I would recommend. Um, there's this book. Um, it's really uh, it's been a big seller over the years. It's called the Bible. And it is really excellent on this. Um, no, for real. Um, if you if you want to do a deep dive in the Bible, I'd encourage you, if you read Luke and Acts back to back, you know, a lot of people don't know, but Luke and Acts are kind of a two-volume narrative. Um, in our English Bibles, John is kind of wedged in between there. But Luke and Acts, um, both written by Luke. And when you read through Luke uh, and then Acts, even if you take it like in two months and read a chapter a day uh, for each one of them, um, it will really frame and help you to understand the working of the Holy Spirit and answer so many of your questions. Um, it's the primary source. Anybody else is secondary. I mean, I've got books you can read, it, but the Bible is primary on that. And Luke and Acts is really a great spot uh, to understand those things. Yeah, You know, Luke, a lot of people think, Paul has written most of the New Testament. Of course, he, he penned most. He's penned more letters than anyone mm-hmm. else. But Luke's content is the largest percentage him. of the New Testament. Yeah. Luke, then Paul, then John. Yeah. yeah and but and Luke and Paul weren't like arm wrestling. I mean, they were buddies. They were traveling <laughs> companions. And Paul's last uh-huh. two years in the house arrest, Luke was at the kitchen table and with him. And and uh, 
but yeah, really interesting. Yeah. Well, thanks so much. Glad to have you with us. Thank you. It's a privilege. Hey, yeah. Hey, we'll look forward to seeing you again in two weeks. Man, what an awesome time with Pastor Robbie and Tim. And thank you for taking a few minutes to tune in and consume the content. Hey, do us a favor. If this was beneficial for you, share this content wherever you're consuming it so that others can have access to it as well. We sure would appreciate that. We also want to let you know about a new opportunity we've got coming up right here on the River City Waves podcast. We want to hear from you. If you would do us a favor and go down to the comment section, wherever you're consuming the content, let us know topics that you'd like to hear us discuss, things that you'd like to hear shared, questions that you'd like to have answered. And in some upcoming episodes, we're going to take a few minutes to address those very things. We hope that you're having a great week. We'll be back in just a couple of weeks. Remember, our content drops on the first and third Tuesday of every month, and we'll be back with another episode of River City Waves. Have a great week.